Greetings, family. Welcome to the Healthy Black Love Podcast, where we support each other as we navigate our way to healthier romantic relationships. I'm your host and fellow navigator, Dr. Drea. Each episode, we will focus on self-work as a change agent in our lives. Self-work is the process of cultivating your own growth and healing. The more you take ownership of where you are and where you want to be, the more you and your partner can navigate your relationship in a healthy direction. Please be aware that although this podcast includes mental health information, it is not a replacement for individual or marriage therapy. With that being said, let's get started. Hello, Black people. Thank you for joining me for episode five of Healthy Black Love. I cannot believe that we are already at episode five and this thing is chugging along. I hope that you are enjoying these episodes. Um, This is, like I said um, in episode one, this is a dream for me, a dream that I've been dreaming up for a couple of years. So to be able to offer this kind of content um, and just be able to help you guys and to offer some ideas and things that will make your um, you personally better and your relationship better is definitely a pleasure for me. So let's jump into the topic. Today's topic is triggered but not tripping. So past trauma has the ability to influence your current relationships via negative assumptions, thoughts, feelings, and reactions. You may find yourself automatically being overwhelmed by emotions or wanting to respond to your mate based on hurtful situations that you have experienced with other people. This can be very unfair to your partner and unhealthy in a relationship because it restricts you from being able to develop the trust that is essential to the success of the relationship. So I wanted to talk about this today because I went through something um, not too long ago, very, very recently. And it just was like, yeah, this is something that I need to put on the podcast. So, you know, like normal, I start off with a couple of examples, just general examples so that you can really get a picture of what we're talking about, why we're talking about it. And then we can jump into the actual topic itself. So example one, you have a relationship or let's say this, you have a reasonable amount of success and end up dating someone who seems to be attracted to your status. You frequently give gifts and money to this person to help them out because you care about their happiness. But eventually when the material benefits slow down or stop, the person is no longer interested in you. You realize they used you. And now in new relationships, you become irritated, angry, or withdrawn if your partner asks you for financial help or expects or wants gifts. Anybody going through that? Um, Anybody ever felt used? And and it may not be for just money. It could be for other things you have, for your car, for, it doesn't even have to be materialistic. It could just, it it could be your intelligence. Somebody just constantly wants you to give them information. So yeah, if you've been used before, you might can relate to now being Um, not trusting in the area of giving people things, being afraid of being used again. Okay. Example two, you were married to someone who was abusive. Maybe they were physically violent and roughed you up every time they became upset. 
Maybe they were cruel with their words and damaged your self-esteem. Maybe they were controlling, manipulative, or sexually violent. Now that you are single and dating again, you find yourself always looking for signs that potential partners are abusive. You overly analyze everything they do and say. If they even show a hint of being angry or upset, you either flip out on them or abandon the relationship. And this is not just for married people. This could be you've been in a relationship that's abusive dating wise. So um, at any level, this could happen. But anybody really feeling that where you've been in an abusive relationship and now you are really gun shy. And so anything that the person says or does that even hints that they may have some anger or, you know, some anger issues or anything like that, or, you know, then like any kind of yellow flag, you're jumping on it and you're like, no, I can't do this. So, okay. So those are two examples in general. And then I'm going to give you an example from my life. And like I said, I'm really nervous about telling you guys this because it happened so recently. Uh, It happened, I think like a week or so ago. But, um, and this is me getting very vulnerable and I get vulnerable with you all because number one, I want you to know I'm not perfect. Like, yeah, it's Dr. Drea, but (laughs) I'm not perfect. I'm still learning. I'm still growing, um, in my relationship and with my own self-work. And so that's why I want to go on this journey with you because I'm a fellow navigator. I'm going through this too, and I'm learning about me and I'm sharing what I've learned with you all. So. I'm just going to put it out there so that you can be also inspired to uh, work on your own stuff and not feel like this is something that, you know, the people who are talking about the topic already have perfected. Like we're all in this together. Okay, so let me stop procrastinating (laughs) and tell you my story. Uh, So I was recently at this coffee shop slash bookstore with a female friend of mine. And we're just hanging out talking. And in the midst, like we had been there at this place, maybe 15, 20 minutes. We had our coffee. We were just chit-chatting. And I'm facing the door. And so my friend, like we're sitting at this table where I'm facing the door and she's facing like the rest of the space, like the rest of the bookstore slash coffee shop. And it was like really busy when we first got in there. So there were like a lot of people. So like, I didn't even see like everybody that was in the space cause it kind of had like nooks where you walked around and, you know, so you can't just like see the whole spaces by looking. And then there were a lot of people. So anyways, I'm looking at the door and all of a sudden two people walk by me. Um, it's a girl that walks by me. And then like a guy walks behind her and they're headed out the door and as they get close to the door, because the door wasn't too far from me, I look at the guy and I'm like, this guy looks like, you know, my significant other. This guy looks like my guy. And I look at his clothes and I know his clothes. I know his clothes very well. And so I'm like, wait, that is my guy. That is my dude. Like, What in the world? So I like yell his name out, like instantly don't even think about it. Just yell his name out. Not like super, super loud, but just loud enough to make sure that he can hear me from where he is. So at that moment, he turns around. He like gives me an expression like, what are you doing here? Kind of expression. And then he comes over, gives me a hug. And um, the girl that was he was walking with, she had went outside, but she came back and she stood at the door 
And so she's like on her cell phone or whatever. I'm kind of looking. So I introduced him to my my friend and whatnot. And he shakes her hand. And eventually, you know, he leaves. Um, I never met the other girl, but, you know, he leaves. And um, and so, like, you know, I'm sitting in my seat. I look calm and whatnot. Um, but after he leaves out the door, my mind is racing, absolutely racing. Like I am so triggered. Like my anxiety is on 2 billion. Um, I like every thought that I could think of, especially negative thoughts, like just zoom through my mind and, you know, let me, I'm going to kind of give you a side note that I, um, there's a thing called attachment theory and attachment theory. If you don't know about it, it's rooted in. Um, a, go- a lot of it comes from how we were when we grew up, grew up, like what kind of environments our parents and the people close to us in our childhood, uh, that type of space in the sense of how people nurtured us. So if people were there or if they neglected us or if we were abandoned and things like that, like all those things play out in your adult relationships. So if you didn't have this stable, secure um, relationship with your parents and home life, then later on as an adult, that could show itself in how you attach to other people in life. So, and so we, I will do, um, at least one or more, uh, discussions, uh, episodes about attachment theory in the future, but I'm just throwing that out for now. Cause it's kind of hard to understand my full situation without me saying that little bit of information. So I have anxious attachment. Um, I did not have a home growing up where I felt completely safe. I was, you know, a latchkey kid. So I was by myself a lot. So there was a lot of neglect as far as me having to protect myself. And um, I wasn't really very emotionally attached to my parents. We didn't do a lot of hugging and things. And and I kind of talked about that in a previous episode. Uh, But so for me, um, when it comes to relationship, I relationships, I get like really nervous about certain things. And like, I have a lot of negative thoughts that will cross my mind and my way of, and and so I'm dealing with these fears, right? And the fears are not logical. And so when it comes to attachment styles, uh, most people are either anxious or avoidant. And then there's another category that's disorganized. I'm not going to go into all that right now, but I do want you to know just a little bit that anxious is more where I am. And so I just have this flight of ideas and then these ideas and these feelings may cause me to act out in a, in a way that's, that shows that anxiety. So I may like in that moment, somebody who's anxious might, um, you know, chase the person down and be like, well, who is this or whatever, or they might start texting the person or they might just like next time they see them just flip out on the person. Whereas an avoidant person, they're still dealing with the same level of fear, but their way of handling it is I'm just going to completely withdraw. You know, I might just end the relationship or I might just not talk to you and kind of ghost you or be silent towards you for a while. I'm just going to step completely back. So avoidant people are like, this is drama. I'm done. And, and we think that that's a good idea, but it's not because it's once again, like you don't even know the situation. You're making these reactions based on this, these fears you have. And those actions are causing you to disconnect from the person 
without really knowing what's going on. You're just doing it automatically because that's how you keep yourself safe. So for somebody who is avoidant, they keep themselves safe in their mind. <laughs> These are not really good um, defense mechanisms, but they keep themselves safe by detaching from people and avoiding people. Whereas in avoiding the situation, whereas anxious people try to draw closer to the situation and try to fix it. So I'm more on the anxious side. I'm, I'm not a, uh, I'm, I'm not a severe anxious person. Um, but I am more anxious attachment in my style. And so my mind just starts blowing up with all these thoughts and like, oh my gosh. And so, but my outside was very like calm. Like I didn't get out the chair. I didn't move. And so the minute he leaves, I look at my friend that's across the table and I no, because I've been doing this self-work for a while, y'all. So I know in that moment, I need my friend to help me to calm down because I can't react and respond to the situation based on my anxiety that I'm feeling. So I look at her and I'm like, hey, what did you think about that? You know, start asking her all these questions. And she's now she's avoidant, <laughs> which I did not know that. And so she it's kind of like, she don't want to talk about it. She's like, I ain't seen nothing. So she starts trying to like ask me other questions to distract me. That's not going to work with my attachment style at all. I'm just looking like, look, I can't answer your other questions because right now my brain is working like quadruple time. Like I can't focus on anything else. I got to figure out a way to bring myself back down. And so in that moment, like we, you know, we talked about it and whatnot and um, it was just, it was a really unique situation to be in that space, to have that moment and to watch myself, watch my friend have conversations about it and then see how I was going to resolve it. So, um, first I just want to tell you that, um, I did talk to her for a bit. I did calm down naturally. Um, I did talk about it enough and I ex actually sat there and explained to her my attachment style. And that was one way to help me calm down was to explain like, hey, this is what I'm going through because of this. And right now I just need your help with calming down. And so I calmed down and then um, I, you know, I just said to like, instead of like, because she was just kind of like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you know, she's completely avoided. And so in that moment, I had to then tell myself, OK, you have all these thoughts. It's telling you all this stuff. But let's shut all that down because that's just your anxious attachment. That's just trying to protect you. And instead of being in self-protect mode, be in logical, rational mode. So I went into rational mode and was like, what did you really see? What really happened in front of you? And so I was able to say, well, you know, I saw my guy, you know, walking out of a bookstore. He was with a friend. You know, he was with, I know he has, you know, female friends, strictly platonic. He's walking out the door. He, I say something to him. He comes back to me. You know, his behavior was fine. He addresses me, you know, like it's not like he's hiding. It's not like he's running, you know, um, he interacted with me and my friend. And then, you know, when all that was said and done, like he went on about his way. And so like, I had to say like, this is what I saw. Like, I didn't see anything. All this was, was somebody, you know, we just happened to pat, you know, cross paths. Um, in a bookstore. And so I, so anyways, I, so we talk about that me and my friend and I'm going to go into that a little bit more in a second, but 
eventually we're hanging out. We hang out for a couple more hours, me and my friend. And I'm cool. I'm like, after I've kind of like chilled out, I'm cool. We're talking, we're whatever. So eventually once we got tired, you know, we go our separate ways and I go home. When I get home, my guy is at the house and he's just hanging out. He's just chilling. And so, you know, I come in, I'm cool. I'm not tripping. I'm not um, (laughs) cutting up or looking at him funny. Um, This thing is still in the back of my head a little bit, but I'm good, you know? And so after a little bit, um, at one point, like he moves into the bedroom, I go in the bedroom and I ended up like asking him, I ended up bringing up the whole thing of, oh, you know, I'm really surprised to see you in the bookstore. And, you know, I just asked him, hey, you know, um, was that your friend who blah, 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 like something he had told me before. And and so we started to talk about that. I'm not going to get out into the details because I don't really feel the need, <laughs> need to like expose all of my dirty laundry and not in that way, but just, you know, as you're telling people your story, um, in, when you're in therapy, you want to be as transparent as possible. But sometimes when you're talking in public, you also want to uh, be careful that you are um, preserving your relationship and what happens between you and your person. So that is also something that I will have um, an episode about in the near future um, as far as talking to people about your relationship. But anyways, um, so basically we have a, a chat about it, not a long chat, but a, you know, a little brief chat about it and it's cool. Like I'm not tripping. He's not tripping. Everything is good. Crisis averted. <laughs> and, um, and so like I was fine. I was fine. It just took for me to get out of my traumatic thinking or as my therapist calls it trauma brain where everything is based on past traumas not your moment right here and in this moment there was nothing wrong it was just my trauma brain was just like oh wait a minute hold up in the back in the day remember when dude back in the day remember when that guy that ex did this to you and that to you that's what was happening in my mind it had nothing to do with my current guy and when I say I did all this, this is not how I've always been, okay? This is the better Drea that, you know, did all this. Not old Drea. Old Drea, I don't know what old Drea would have did. Old Drea is not a drama queen, so I wouldn't have been cutting up in public, but old Drea would have probably not been able to sit there and continue the conversation with my friend and stay for a couple more hours Odrea would have been so overwhelmed and so in her feelings about the situation that Odrea probably would have left and tried to pursue uh, my guy to see like what the hell is going on. You know, Odrea wouldn't have been able to just chill and then think through it. But I've been doing that self-work. And so that's what I'm encouraging you all to do is do that self-work so that you can make healthy, good decisions and you're not putting that trauma brain response on your partner, because that would have, had I done that, I would have created so many issues in that, in my relationship, because it would have been now, you know, questions of trust. And now why are you tripping? Now, why are you talking to me that way? You know, that could have really blown up in my face. And I know that so many of you have been through so much stuff. And it's so hard in that moment when you have this burst of emotions and you're scared and you're frightened and your adrenaline is on a gazillion and you just want to do something in that moment to protect yourself. 
But we got to work through this stuff and we got to identify what it really is. Really, it's not that moment. It's really all the things that you've been through in the past. Most times. Now, sometimes there's a situation where, you know, (laughs) where you need to handle it. And I think, honestly, any person, whether it's male or female in um, that situation would have had at least a thought. But the difference is you have a thought, you negate your thought or be honest with you about what's up and you move on um, if you can. And so that is where we're talking about doing the work where it's not causing you to even if you have the thought, it's not causing you to react and do things that are going to hurt the relationship. So. Um, I do want to say that one thing that was really interesting about the situation was that um, my friend actually said, like, if it was me, I wouldn't have stayed here. I would have had to leave. I would have had to go have a conversation with my person. And that was a real conversation that we were able to have, you know, and I was able to say, like, yeah, the old me this. And so we were able to talk about even though she and I have completely two different attachment styles um that this is how we would have handled it and and our my old self and her current self would have probably created potentially created some issues but you know none of that happened but it was really great to have that conversation with her um and and it was definitely something that just resonated with me and was like I was able to say like look at you (laughs) you over here healing you know, healing over here, moisturizing, healing and whatnot. So (laughs) anyways, basically what I want to say, going back to the examples one and two, is that either you're going to give people a chance to show you who they are or you're not. And so when we take, allow our trauma brain or we allow these trauma experiences to make decisions for us, Um, then we're not allowing the person to show us who they are. We are still focused on people from the past and situations from the past. Um, And if it's like that, you just may not be ready to date. Like you may just need to focus on therapy and working on yourself and doing that self work uh, at, you know, until you get to the point where you're able to, give people a chance for themselves and not group all men or all women or all who whatever in one category. Okay. Just because something happened to you in a previous relationship doesn't mean everybody that comes in your life is going to do that exact same thing. That does not mean that you should not be aware of red flags, quote unquote, and red flags is another area I will, I do plan on talking about. Um, so that doesn't mean that you're not aware or not paying attention or not, able to see what's in front of you but it means that we shouldn't make assumptions and decisions that are rooted in traumatic thinking our decisions need to be rooted in being rational and not irrational um not everything I mean there are heart stuff there are feeling stuff that we have to deal with and I and I do believe in balance and I do believe in intuition and using your intuition But even in intuition, there is a part of that that makes sense and that has rationality to it. So we're just talking about being having an emotional feeling, but being able to contain that feeling long enough to process how you're feeling, what happened and what is the best decision for you. 
based on what really happened and not all the extra stuff your mind is creating that never even happened in that moment. Okay. So I really encourage you, if you struggle with this, you want to get yourself a therapist because therapy gives you a safe space to revisit old traumas, redefine what they say about you and how they impact your decisions, and then restore your ability to try to trust again. You can't have a solid, successful relationship without trust. So trust is something that it's really hard to earn back trust after it's been broken. And that's often what happens with us, even in different relationships, we have had people hurt us in the past and that's broke our trust in people in general. And so now when we meet new people, we still struggle with that trust piece. So um, I am proud of myself for all the work that I've done to get to the place where my trauma brain, my past trauma, although I still deal with the emotions of this. And so this is something that you need to understand. You still may have to deal with the emotions connected to it. I can't, I would love not to feel the emotions. I would love not to feel the fear and the panic and the adrenaline. I would love not to feel that way because it, it's horrible to feel that way. Like, you know, the rush that it feels like is overwhelming and it's scary and it's consuming. And I would love not to feel that way. And one day I hope that I'll get to that place where I won't feel that it I'll just be able to have a thought and just completely discard it after a couple of seconds. And it's not this big emotional event, but one step at a time. And so right now I am proud of myself of being able to feel something that strong and not let those feelings overtake me not let those feelings cause me to act out in ways that I will regret in the future. Um, to be able to stop and process and be fair to the person in my life and not accuse them or make assumptions about them that have nothing to do with who they are and, and how we are as a, in a, as a couple, how we deal with our relationship, that I can see him in his own light and I can base all my decisions that I make in this relationship on what he's done and who he's shown me to be and not somebody from my past. When we talk about people living rent free in your head, that's what this trauma brain is all about. I don't want people who did not value and did not appreciate me and did not deserve me to get the opportunity to keep me away from having the love I deserve. Um, and having good things with good people. So, of course, as always, I want to end with the black factor. As black people, we have to be careful about how we view the emotion of anger within our community. So um, in some of these uh, examples, I um, I talked a little bit about uh, anger and, you know, partners being uh, past, uh, past partners being abusive or, um or even you dealing with your own anger about the hurt from past relationships. So that's what, I ref what I'm referring when I talk to about this, the emotion in general of anger. As a community, we've collect we are collectively angry and we have a right to be. Daily, we see and experience injustice. We constantly feel oppression. We get no days off to just be and rest in our humanity unless we block out the world and ourselves from it. We have a right to be angry, okay? And a lot of, a lot of times we feel like we, we don't. We're, where people attempt to um, tell us from 
religion to society to family members attempt to tell us you know stop being mad and that's not gonna fix anything and whatever but it is okay to feel angry it's an it's an emotion and we have to be okay with knowing how to feel something but that does not mean once again that we always have to necessarily act in a way that is hurtful to us out of that anger okay so um what we are feeling is more than anger and that's what we need to know it's hurt disappointment frustration helplessness hopelessness grief and fatigue because we are not always in tune with our emotions and are often in spaces where expressing our emotions can endanger us or our survival it can be easy to label all of those various emotions just as anger i say this to remind you that every time your partner demonstrates irritability or anger, it does not mean they are mad at you. It does not mean that that it reflects the way they feel about you or that they necessarily are a person with anger control issues. There are some people who do have this problem and need help for it, but let's take time. Let's take the time to learn the difference between true anger control issues and being humans that feel angry at times. Let's not internalize the lie that black people are inherently violent, angry, hostile, and criminals. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I truly hope that you've gained something valuable that you can utilize as you continue to do self-work and create and maintain healthy black love. If you enjoyed today's show, feel free to follow our show as well as to share it with others in your life. You can also contact me at drdreawilson.com or drdreawilson at gmail.com. Until the next time, I am your host, Dr. Drea, and this has been Healthy Black Love.